Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today, I am here with Gemma, who is a Navy brat. So Gemma, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for being on. I'm super excited to have you. Um, Start by kind of telling me what it's like, uh, you know, your journey of being a military child and what you've experienced. For sure. Yeah. So my dad has been in the Navy for about 35 years. I was born somewhere in the middle of that. <laughs> um, so I was born in Portsmouth, Virginia. Um, and then we moved to NAS Lemoore, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere, California. Uh, my dad's a naval aviator. So that's kind of why the, the big air bases. Um, and then we did a joint tour in McDill um, in Florida, which was super fun. I was young, so Disney, you know, all that. Yes. Um, magic was still kind of alive. <laughs> that was a fantastic time to be there. Um, and then we went back to Lemoore, um, which was which was good. The people there are fantastic. Um, so, you know, really building community there was awesome. And then we moved here where we are now um, to Annapolis, Maryland. My dad is at the Naval Academy, which is really exciting because I'm actually applying here right now. Wow. So that's a little bit about my my journey across the country four times, nine schools, you know. Yeah. Living the dream. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that you want to join the Navy. What kind of made you want to do that? Um, this is all of my college essays. Um <laughs> my I I grew up surrounded by people who were serving their country and and had cool jobs and you know my friends parents had to get up in the morning and go to work you know my dad's co-workers and he got to get up in the morning and, and go to work and and serve and make a difference um so just growing up surrounded by that real sense of duty purpose and honor in your career really drove me to want to be in the military um like I said I grew up around naval aviation my dad was enlisted before he went to the naval academy um as a rescue swimmer which is insanely cool. Um, yeah. He was an F-14 Rio and then an F-18 uh, Naval Flight Officer. So I grew up on the flight line. You know, homecomings were the most special time. Um, yeah. So growing up surrounded by naval aviation made me want to be a part of it and that community and sense of family that really you can only find in the military. You know, I've, I've found friends that I have never left and we just pick up right off the bat because of it. And it's something that I've never seen anywhere else. Yeah. That sense of family is really something you don't get in the civilian world. And, you know, my dad retired when I was 12 so I didn't have, I had a couple years like, and so we got out and we were so used to that sense of family, that sense of, you know, just community. And we moved to Cape Coral, Florida. So if you know Tampa, you kind of might be familiar with it. Um, so we moved to Cape Coral and it's like trying to make friends, trying to, you know, connect with people. You don't get that same, that same community, that same family. and then. It's a whole different world. <laughs> yeah. 
you miss that that community and that, you know, that family when you're not around them and you don't realize it. But also to the point, like you said, you can just pick up the phone and it's like that thing happened. Exactly. Like I haven't seen friends from Lamore in like six years. Yeah. We'll just pick up and it'll, it'll be like, no time has passed. And we're just back in the flow of, of being with our military family. And, you know, you, in the military, you don't always get to see your real family, your extended family all the time. Like we do a lot of Christmases without them. Right. Um, And it's certainly hard, but having that supportive military family around you um, makes it significantly less so um, just because it is the community unlike any other, you know, shared hardship, shared, you know, time away from real family. It, it's a bond that is so unique. Yeah. I can never imagine living without it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but if you don't, if you're not surrounded by people living the same thing, then nobody gets it. Nobody understands. And, yeah. you know, there are definitely some holidays where your parent is not there. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. But having people around you who's like, okay, I've been through this or I'm going through this right now. Like, let's ride it out together. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. It really is. I wouldn't trade it for the world either. Yep. Yeah. So what kind of, that's such a good thing, but what are some of the harder things that you've experienced, you know, living this lifestyle? Well, deployments are hard, you know parent goes away. I remember my dad's last deployment was in 2012, I think. So I've been very lucky. He's been stationed with us um, and hasn't deployed since 2012, which is such a blessing. Um, But I remember the last one was supposed to be, I think like probably four months and then he got extended and then he got extended and then he got extended again. It was like a 12 month deployment. It was crazy. Um, I just remember I'm such a daddy's girl. And yes. so having him away for so long and, and not expecting it because other deployments had been, you know, eight months, whatever it was, but we knew yeah. that that's kind of what we were buckling down for adding those. We always kept a chain of like, you take it down um, yes. every day that we're closer. So adding links to that chain was just, I remember like, it was just so unfathomable at the time that like, oh, he's going to be gone for more time and right. maybe my birthday and maybe, you know, he missed my brother's birthday. He missed um, that. And I just remember my mom was so, so, so strong for us. And she was always, you know, they, they say military spouses are some of the strongest people alive. And I absolutely think that's true because yeah. she was not only like keeping it up for herself, but for us too. And I, like, I was, I was distraught some of the time and she was just making sure that our whole family kept going. And we really had like, you know, the whole neighborhood banded together, but that's the hard, the hard thing is, is missing your people. And when they can't be there, you understand, you know, I understood from a very young age that my dad is serving a greater purpose and sometimes he's going to have to miss stuff. It's a sacrifice that, you know, I have understood since I was probably four or five. Right. Um, of like, this is for a greater purpose. And I was explaining to one of my friends recently who was not um, a military connected person. And she was like, I could never do it. She's like, I don't understand how you do it. And I was like, well, it wasn't really a choice. (laughs) (laughs) But also like, it's understood from a very young age that this is just kind of, it's the sacrifice 
that you give so that we can be free so that I can be on a podcast and talk about, you know, what I think and what I feel without being censored. And I can, you know, I can have be free to do what I want and say what I want. That's something that I think we take for granted and is what our service members are protecting every day. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, for not only outside people to understand, but it's hard for a child to understand at such a young age saying, okay, I'm a daddy's girl too. So it's hard for me, (laughs) but like, you know, saying, Hey, your dad is going to have to be gone. Our deployment was supposed to be 400 days. And so your dad's going to have to be gone 400 days. It's going to miss Christmas, going to miss your birthdays, Thanksgiving, you know, Easter. Like you just start as a child. Those moments are so like, you know, Christmas, it's so magical. You're like, you know, we're together as a family. Like, you know, we have this time, like, it's great. And then you're like, oh, but you're not going to be here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's so hard. And, you know, it's so easy to kind of fall into that cycle of, okay, this is, this is like the negative. This is the negative. This is the negative. But it, there's a greater purpose. Like, you know, we didn't get to choose the lifestyle. You know, our parents chose it, <laughs> you know, um, you know, technically for us in a sense. And, you know, if not many children get to be part of that conversation of a parent saying, hey, I'm considering joining the military. Like you yeah. you just don't get to be part of that conversation. And it's hard to understand as a child, but, you know, there's so many things that it's like, oh, but we get to travel. We get to see yeah. the world, see the country, you know. Um, in a different perspective, we get to live in places and immerse ourselves in the culture. And that's one of the best parts. I definitely play the what if game of like, what if I just stayed in Virginia my whole life? What if I've been able to call the same friends, but I wouldn't give it up for the world. I went to a Spanish immersion school for two years. I'm partially fluent in a language that's not English. That's that's such a cool thing to me. You know, I've been to nine different schools, but that means I've gotten to experience nine different ways of doing things, you know, meet all kinds of different people. I've been to 48 States and I'm 18. My goal is to do all all 50 before I turn 20. And I think I'm going to get it. Um, (laughs) You have two more. Crazy to fathom. Like my grandparents lived in the same place their whole life. And I don't think they'd been outside of the state of Virginia until they were like 70. Um, just like the ability to travel, see new cultures, have that different world experience. You know, I'm in the International Baccalaureate program, which talks all about the worldview and how being globally minded. Um, and I think I definitely have an advantage on being globally minded over yeah. a lot of my peers, not just because of my personal experiences, but having friends who have lived in Japan and Germany and all over the world and being connected to these people who've had these experiences and knowing, you know, it's not, you know, so far removed from us, you know, it's right there. Those other places are right there. Um, And it's just incredible to be able to have those opportunities. And that's always kind of how I've tried to frame it in my head. Like when we move away from a place and it's gotten harder as I've gotten older because I've formed relationships with people, but like, it's an adventure. I've always tried to think of it as like, oh, we're going to this new place. It's going to be such an adventure. It's going to be, you know, it's a joyful thing in my mind, not necessarily a thing of loss. Yeah. It was, it's definitely a struggle to kind of, you know, weigh the benefits of it and be like, Hey, 
you know, even though I'm going to move away from all my friends and, you know, these people that have become family, it's like, I'm going to go to this place. And while it might be scary, like, I'm going to love it. Like, you know, and even if I don't love every bit of it, there's going to be something, whether that's like a, a restaurant or just like a little park or whatever, like, I'm going to love something about it. Yeah. You absolutely have to like, I don't want to say latch on to, but latch on to the little things like Lamore yeah. hard. Lamore is in the middle of nowhere and it always <laughs> like cows and onions, but I found Bethel Ballet Academy, which is, I, I actually just went back to visit for my 18th birthday because I found my people there. Yeah, I, I found a community of non-military connected people that just really loved me and accepted me. And I found something that I really loved. There was a place called Superior Dairy Ice Cream that, oh, has my heart. <laughs> so, but like you find the little things, you find the communities, you find the sports, you find the restaurants, you find the little parks, you find what brings you joy in that place. And yeah, it absolutely works. Yeah. There you you have to, or else you're gonna be miserable the entire time. And while you still may yeah. be a little miserable, not as much miserable. Exactly. <laughs> so you work with Bloom. How did you get involved with that? And what has it been like for you? I adore Bloom. Um, <laughs> Bloom's so awesome. I, I know. I found Bloom in the summer of 2020. So I moved uh, right in that head of the pandemic summer. Um, I was super, super lonely. Um, It was really hard to find anything to kind of latch onto. It was COVID. We really couldn't go out. We were in Annapolis. So we were in this new, exciting city for me because we moved from Lamore, which is the middle of nowhere, to Annapolis. And finally, we were in this city. And I was so excited Um, but we couldn't do anything. I was in school virtually. I hadn't met any of my classmates, like no one turned the camera on. It was just a very isolating time. And I was really, really, really struggling. Um, and so I, you know, the next thing you turn to social media, obviously, Yes. I was thinking of starting my own blog about being a military kid and kind of sharing that struggle and finding some people. Um, and I was doing research on it and I found Bloom and I was like, Hey, this already exists. Cool. Like I don't have to do all the work. Yeah. (laughs) So I found Bloom and I I didn't know they just started up. Um, but they had, yeah. And I followed them from like that 2020 timeframe, um, through the summer, through the fall, winter. Um, and I actually, this is so random, but over the summer I entered, uh, they had one of those t-shirt giveaway things. Yeah. Um, and I, I like randomly put my name in on the last day. I was like, there's no way I'll win this. Um, <laughs> I, I started like talking to them and DMing them sometimes, um, after I won that shirt and then they opened up applications for new team members. And I was like, Hey, why not? Yeah. Um, I went on as an interactive content creator. And ever since then, I have just been in love with the community and the mission, you know, empowering the military teens. Like, what else could I want? Um, I've spoken before my school board locally with um, on behalf of them and as a representative of them. I gush about Bloom at any time. Yeah. I did a panel with Elena and some other bloomers for MIC3, so the Military Child Interstate Compact. Um, and that was just a fantastic opportunity to really lift up military teen voices and military child voices everywhere in the process of applying to schools and and transferring schools which is often a really sticky point um I've had some some school transition struggles in the past um and talking about mental health and food insecurity in the military community so really just bringing these uh 
I don't want to say, but like bringing these issues that affect us teens and are important to us teens to light um, and also having fun with it. Like I'm an interactive content creator. Like we have fun at Bloom. Um, yeah. We celebrate each other. We talk to each other. We have a discord between all of us. <laughs> um, so it's, it's just such a supportive and beautiful community. And it really does what it says. It is for military teens, by military teens to empower military teens and I love it so much. <laughs> That's incredible. No, I, you know, I came across Bloom like once I started the podcast and everything and I've had Elena on before and oh my gosh, it's such an incredible, incredible like group of people, such an incredible mission and, you know, it's military kids don't have voices. That's like one reason I started the podcast too. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to start to branch out and to include spouses too because you know a lot of times they don't have voices too and just just supporting military families is is so important and not many people realize that because everyone goes straight to the service member and you know I always say that they deserve all the credit in the world but you know they also have a family staying beside them and most of the time you know you don't choose that life and you know, but you love someone so much that you live that life and, you know, you deserve credit too. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the, the, the phrase military families to serve too, because, yes. you know, we may not be the ones out doing, doing the work, but we're the ones at home who are, you know, taking care of our families and taking care of everything here so that when our service members come back, there's things to come back to, Yeah, you know? Um, like my mom was in the the FRG, the family readiness group for a long yes. time. People are always like, well, why do you need that? I'm like, so that during times of hardship, when our, when our entire community, their service members are deployed so that we're not all struggling by ourselves Yeah, and there's support. Um, and especially with, um, there's a lot of food insecurity, um, going on on bases. And I know that, uh, at least at NAS Lemoore, where we were, there was always a chaplain's pantry that was open. And that is a very tangible way to see military families supporting other military families of, you know, we would always go in and donate and help work. And we would do Thanksgiving dinners, um, and we would hand out food. And that was such a a tangible way to see that support happening in yeah. in the real world, you know, making sure that everyone gets taken care of. Yeah. And it's so important that not even like a single thing gets, you know, gets overthought or, you know, gets misplaced or anything that, you know, everything is thought of like, and that's why it's so important to have so many people, you know, involved because everyone has different ideas and opinions and, you know, thoughts that, everything comes together. And while sometimes it might be, you know, challenging, it all creates a beautiful picture in the end of it. Yeah. Yes. Well, I always like to ask, um, what is one piece of advice you would give to another military child? Oh, I would say be open-minded. I know it's difficult sometimes to get into the, you know, this is where I live and, and this is how things are done sometimes. It's so, it's so easy to close down. And I always say like, you know, sometimes I think my life would be so much easier if I just sat in a ball and let people take care of me. <laughs> but that's not what brings joy in life. What brings joy in life is new experiences and going out there and finding what you're passionate about and holding on to that. So be open-minded, be open to new experiences and find the joy in the little things. 
Yes. Well, thank you so much, Gemma, for being on the podcast and sharing your your experiences and sharing more about Bloom as well. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.